Welcome to Profitable Powerhouse Properties with the AHI Group. I am Jonathan Cook, and with me as always, actually this week. Yeah, I've only missed like what, one, one episode. So. One ever. Hey, hey, everybody. It's Brian Jenkins. Hope everybody's having a, a wonderful day. And Brian, you've made it back just in time. It, 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 this is your first day actually back. You were sick. Then you disappeared. Then you went to Las Vegas. I went which... to Las Vegas to the Property Mastermind Conference. Uh, great event. Uh, brought Shout some sunshine. Yeah. Oh, you Shout did. out to Brad Larson and his team for putting on uh, just a great event and uh, got a lot of great education over the last several uh, days and, and breakouts, mastermind sessions uh, for best practices in our industry. So that was that was awesome. Yeah. But I did bring the sunshine back. It's sure raining. I think I was telling somebody uh, earlier, I've got a rain gauge at home. It was empty when I left. It was overflowing at five oh, inches yeah. plus. You, you have no idea what it actually is because it <laughs> filled the rain gauge to the top and then just rained continuously for another three or four days. But today and through the weekend, we're we're uh, going to be blessed with some sunshine. So get, we'll get in our we'll get in our softball practice. That's Sunday. right. That's we're right. Excited. Right. The fighting alpacas. Fighting alpacas. Root for us. <laughs> we we don't know who we're playing yet, but it's going to be fun. Um, but to Brian, you've made it back, like I said, just mm-hmm. in time for March Market Madness. Woo! It's I'm excited to participate. I missed the first episode, so this, yeah. is, this is good so, stuff. So last week, I had Kim in here with me, and we talked about Montgomery, which was great. Uh, Kim is super knowledgeable about Montgomery and Birmingham, for that matter. But, you know, she started that office, um, and, and I wanted to go through uh, anybody that's starting in this episode. I'll give you a breakdown. This is just, we're going to talk every week this month uh, specifically about one of the major markets in Alabama. So we started out with Montgomery, which was our newest market in Alabama. In Alabama, yeah. And today we're going to talk about Mobile, which is our smallest market. Smallest in market Alabama. in Alabama, that's right. And uh, why don't you give everybody that's listening just a little bit of kind of background of why we got down to Montgomery? Because we've had it longer than we've had Montgomery, which would seem to not make as much sense as is it really does. But, uh, you know, just kind of explain why we got down to Montgomery, what we started out down there. And then then we've got some super exciting stuff that's happening down there. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that and t- touch upon that as well. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, we basically uh, started here in the Birmingham Metro uh, marketplace. And then we almost simultaneously did two expansions. And part of the expansion model um, was to Mobile, and that was following the uh, Hurricane Katrina. So, yeah. and if you, I don't know if anybody's been in the industry for a while remembers those uh, tax benefits, uh, incentives that were offered by the federal government for investors that were actually investing in certain marketplaces post Katrina in our recovery effort. So, yeah. that took place in Alabama, obviously close to the uh, coastline. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, the deal was if you bought new construction, you could depreciate 50% of the value in year one. Okay. So, which is Needless nice. to say, that that captured a lot of national attention. We had a lot of, uh, I mean, it was basically especially West Coast money, yeah. right? Yeah. And they were looking at Alabama market. And that time, we were buying, you know, three two garden home concepts, three two, three two and a half, in the mobile marketplace for basically one ninety to two hundred and ten thousand dollars. And uh, so we had a flood of investors come into the marketplace. Well, was that was that really? I mean. Speak back to that because I, I wasn't in real estate at that time. I don't, I, what is what was that looking like for a 
an average of that mobile area? I mean, was that kind of the the a- average price range back then, or was it this no? It, average it basically what what happened was it uh, it created a, a little bit of a niche where new homes were being built because okay. Mobile's a very old city. You yeah, know, the history of Mobile. It's actually where Mardi Gras started. Mm. Uh, yeah, before New Orleans ever, yeah. ever got it. So oh, I've been I've been to the Mardi Gras yeah, in there. It's, yeah, so it's, it's a very very old city. So so it has some components to where within the city, particularly in the Midtown area, to where some older homes are being rehabbed street by street. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of investment opportunity. It's been ongoing there for the last decade. Mm-hmm. But what this uh, tax incentive did was it actually introduced the idea of new construction into the market. Yeah, and particularly in the Mobile County. And typically, uh, that new construction piece had taken up uh, residency across the bay, uh, on the eastern side of the bay. And a lot of new communities have sprung up as a result of that. But this allowed some new construction to come back to uh, back to Mobile. And it took place throughout the city um, in surrounding metro area to include the, the west side of Mobile. Yeah. Um, and, and just so anybody that's not from Alabama or, or, or doesn't get down to Mobile, even if you're from here, you know, I, I think... A lot of people, when they hear down toward the, the Gulf, they're thinking, oh, is this like beachfront property? Is this, it, It's not. Mobile no. is not a beachfront kind of city. This is not a vacation area. It is a, I mean, it's a no, it's manufacturing a, uh, kind of hub. And, and manufacturing, <laughs> seaport. Yeah, it's a seaport city. Yeah. I mean, there are, cruise ships do go out of there. It's, it's fisherman's true. paradise. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. It's nice in regard to that. And you have close proximity to, to you, yeah, coastal close. beach communities, right? You're, you're close, but these are not. No. These are not vacation homes. These are not these are not beach houses, which I think originally when we first started talking about the mobile market, when when I first joined AHI, we're, we're talking, I was like, well, I mean, are those just rental houses or the and like no, they're all rental houses. This is not this is it's not like not, a vacation. Yeah, rental these are not vacation market. rental yeah. market. No, no, no. no. So, which I mean I always say what sets the tone for mobile when you go to mobile and you're at Mobile Bay. Yeah. First thing you see is a USS Alabama That's in all her splendor, <laughs> and that kind of sets the tone for you know it's uh, it, it's kind of working man class yeah. market been around for a long long time and it it, it has some great architectural I mean there's a lot mm-hmm. of old architecture there's new architecture in the city. Well, what is the fort? Is, is that Fort Gaines, which is the super super old fort that was like like Revolutionary War type of fort mm-hmm. that was down there? I've been in that one. It's very touristy, but it, it's very neat. Um, it, it's it's a neat town. It's very old. Like the old is the best way to describe it. It's an old, yeah. hardworking, blue collar kind of a town. And, yeah. I, and I like it down there. It's, it's really neat. Um, and I think that that's kind of the baseline of what Mobile is. And how many homes do we have down there right now? Oh, uh, We have less than 100 homes yeah. under management there. Yeah. So, so, so it, it's one of our smaller markets. And as far as currently the way that our investor leads are coming in, it is probably showing the least amount of like lead activity. Right. But, but that should change pretty soon. It should, based on the information we're going to share with you today. Basically, there's, there's some information that we're going to share that's going to show you the reason why that should change. Okay, now we, we've talked about Montgomery, and we're going to talk about Birmingham later, folks. Montgomery's the second largest city in the state. We've talked about that. But the Mobile metro area is decent size. It is. Um, like the population... What is, uh, uh, Mobile Metro was four hundred thirteen thousand eight hundred. Okay, so. so you're a little under a half a million yeah, folks. Yeah. The the median home price down there is uh, one hundred fifty one thousand. Okay, that's that's not bad. I mean, it, no, it, that's, that's lower. That's lower than uh, the Birmingham Metro for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, it's it's lower than a lot of places. It, that that alone, those numbers right there, it's this is a market that you can get into at a relatively low price. Yeah, it speaks to the entry point. It, it really so, does. Yeah. Your, your entry point, mm-hmm. if, if that's your median, I mean, the, the home, this is what's really interesting. And I'm going to get to, I, I'm jumping forward to jump back in a little bit. The home price, the, the median home price has increased 6.3% in the last year. We're going to get into why that's happening. But what we're saying is this is a market that that the entry point is low enough that you can get in there and find a deal. If the median price is 151, you're talking about a deal is probably floating around 100, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So you, you'll be able to get in there at a reasonably low price. And this is going to be one of those areas that buying in early is going to make you a lot of money if you can see it. But you have to know what's happening and where to buy to be able to make that work out. For to you. make it work, yeah, because even last year's number, median house co- household income was about 47000 Okay. So and we're going to talk about four economic drivers in the marketplace that are going to make a difference in mm-hmm. the market and really talk to the, to the fact why low entry point, that median household income is going to continue to rise because that's yeah. an improvement over the year before. Um, but also I'd like to point out the cost of living was 7% below national average. So, so that's pretty great. I mean, yeah. Like when you're talking about cost of living, that that's including everything from actually buying groceries and what have you. But like the travel there, the, the getting around town, I think it takes people something like 20, 20 minutes or something is their daily commute. I read that one someplace. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's not a bad city to be in. I, it's, get this, this is not necessarily about the, the cost of living, but it, it, it does show something a little bit about the quality of life down there, Brian. I'll tell you this, the, like the, the, Average days above 90 degrees, 81. Wow. The national average is like 37. Wow. And they have they have less than 20 days a year where they're below freezing or freezing or below. So this is just a nice place to live. Investors like maybe you just want to move down there. Move down there, set up camp. It's comfortable. It's nice. Lay in a hammock, buy a bunch of houses, let us manage it. Anyways, <laughs> but one of the things that, all right, so we were in the acre meeting three or four weeks ago, and, yeah. and they, they really got uh, hot on Mobile and some of the stuff that's going down there, which which got me into, because I've been hearing about it for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and, and and you know, our, our group down there, our team down there has been, they've slowly started picking up a few things, and so I just kind of got curious and was like, I'm just going to dive into as much possible Mobile information as I can find. I'm going to dress in Mardi Gras colors. I'm going to know everything about Mobile. So... <laughs> Two years ago, 2018, Airbus decided that they were going to potentially do an expansion with their manufacturing plant that was down in Mobile. And that's the, the manufacturing plant in Mobile for Airbus is huge already. It, it, it employs thousands of people in the area. And it's more than just the people that directly work for Airbus. The, the, the actual contributing economic like impact of it is just some, some sort of astronomic. The building and and the area that they're in, it's it's called the Aeroplex. It houses like seventy five some odd different companies. Everyone from uh, like FedEx to just tons of people because because it's it's a big tons of acres of space where there's just a bunch of people working, a bunch of different manufacturing companies, a bunch of different companies. So so it was already big, is my point. And right. in two thousand and eighteen, right. they were making uh, you know kind of national news that they were considering 
doing some growth down there. They, they it's it's already like sixteen hundred and fifty acres. That's the whole Aeroplex, by the way. That's a lot of it's, a lot of space. It's tons. So it's got like FedEx. It's got uh, Americold. It's got and it's tons of stuff. So it's got the the National Guard is down there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. But so they decided they they were like we can probably invest a couple maybe a few hundred million in this. That's all. Just a few, just a few hundred million. million, Brian. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna expand this and maybe we'll open up a second manufacturing line. They, they have one. They had one manufacturing line. They're building you know three or four planes a month or something, which is huge. Right. They're like, eh, we might open up another one, build some build some stuff down there. We don't know. So it was between us and somebody in Japan and so, some other place. There's was, there was three or four places, somebody in France, some town in France. So they decided they were going to actually build this in Mobile. They they made the plans, and in February of this year, they, they've actually unveiled what they're going to do, which, yep, they're building another one down there. They've already started the construction. It's already going to be... It's it's already in the works. They've made their decisions. They're building a second line that will build four additional planes per month down there. And they're talking that's going to propose about four to five hundred new jobs directly for Airbus. Like that's directly Airbus. They will be Airbus employees. That is my point here. That that's not Airbus plus the people that are going to have to feed those people, plus the people who are going to have to build stuff for those people, right. plus the people who are going to have to service those people. Now that's four to five hundred Airbus employees are going to be created from this that they've decided they're doing. They've pulled the trigger. It's a go. So that alone has increased the values of all these houses by a pretty good percentage by by itself. Just because what we were talking about with the Montgomery episode, we're talking about job growth is is direct proportion for for your housing value because more people have jobs, lower employment, lower Unemployment rate is good for housing. It's good for rentals. It's good for everything. So a lot of these people that are going to be having to fill these jobs are going to need a place to live, of course. And if they're coming from out of the area, they're going to need new places to live. Not just, oh, I can have a nicer house now. It's, hey, I didn't live here before. I'm not I'm not upgrading my house because I'm getting more money now. It's, I didn't live here before. I'm coming from Mississippi or I'm coming from... Montgomery, or I'm coming from some other outlying city, and I now live in Mobile, and I need a place to stay. So that means to investors, this is the time to get in there and get some of this so that you can, in turn, rent to these people that are having to come in here and work now. So Airbus by itself is such a huge impact, and I I wish I had the actual number on the, the economic impact that it had alone. I want to say it was two billion dollars by themselves, but that that could be that could be the total from all of it. But it's huge growth in it, you know, just by itself. And like I know I'm stuttering, and I know I'm kind of getting off pace here, but but I want to talk about why they chose Mobile, and that's going to kind of lead into the port, which I want you to talk a little bit more about. On it's some of the same stuff that we were talking about when we were talking about Montgomery. And I'm, Brian, I wish you would have been here for that. We were talking about logistics, that Alabama is set up as just a logistical dream with the railway stations that we have and the, the waterways that we have and the interstate systems that we have. It's so easy to manufacture something in the state of Alabama and get it from one place to another. You know how easy it is to get to Atlanta? Super easy. You can take the interstates, you can take two different interstates, and there are three different interstates to it. 
or you can send on a trail, uh, on a train ray. There, there's tons of, it's just little tiny intersections of, of trains and water systems and interstates. So we can move something from one point of Alabama to the other part of Alabama. Yeah, so we were talking like, about two, two major interstate systems, five class one railroads and nearly 15,000 miles of inland waterway connections. Yeah. So to your point. So that's why they're building here. Because you're, if you're in Mobile, you build all this stuff, you can ship it anywhere. Yeah, or you can fly it anywhere. And totally. you know, kind of the one we we missed, it's been around for a minute, in Mobile that's going through an expansion was Austell USA, which is a shipbuilding company. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the products they oh build is the super ferries that yeah, they use in I've, Hawaii, right? You're, you're, you're absolutely, I, we talked about that at Anchor, yeah. and, I was, and, and at the, yeah. the impact of that. I kind of skipped over that, but but yeah. yeah. But to, so they started, and I did a little research on on Austell, and Austell started with a 14 acre facility with approximately 100 employees in 1999. In 2005, they did a 400 million dollar expansion, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's popping a bunch of money back into it. But went to 4,000 employees, mm-hmm. okay, on 164 acres uh, instead of the the initial 14. So. So a lot of, you know, we're talking about expansion with Airbus, expansion with Austell. We'll talk about expanding the port as we get to, into that point of it. But I guess the point there is it's all positive. It's all positive yeah. economic drivers. And it's all growth. also over the past, like, handful of years. Right. And and we know how, with, with Huntsville, we've known that Huntsville was gigantic for a decade. But it seems like over the past two years is when people have really started. It's like, getting oh, all the attention now. Oh, Huntsville. <laughs> Huntsville is this magic land of technologies and rockets and stuff. We're like, yeah, yeah it's been that way for That's a right. while. So like Mobile, this is, if you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot right this minute because you didn't buy into Huntsville five or six years ago, then hey, buy into Mobile because this is where that was before. Yeah, right. So you mentioned the acre conference that we went to yeah. for commercial real estate. And one of the things that caught our attention when they, they talked about, so they talked about the, the port expansion project mm-hmm. specific to the auto manufacturing. Yes, Industry that lives in the South. So yeah, oh, we we are the new Detroit. Yeah. The, our state is the new apparently Detroit because well, and, and I would and say Toyota. the Southeast region because you have, you know, you have BMW in South Carolina, yeah. you've got Volkswagen in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and so you've got Nissan in Tennessee mm-hmm. uh, near Nashville. They've got a headquarters here. Honda, Mercedes. Hyundai, That's all, all Toyota right. had been in Huntsville yeah. for the last 11 years, if I'm not sure. mistaken, producing the V8 engine yeah. uh, for Toyota. But now we have Mazda. Plant. We're not in Huntsville right now. We're going right. to get to that. We'll get to that. But the, I guess the point is, and a lot of these That's plants have week, gone y'all. through multiple expansions. Yeah. And just speaking to what we're kind of alluding to here, it's you know they found it's been a good place to do business. So good that, in fact, they've dumped millions, yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars back in and expanded their facilities to, to create more job opportunities and for you, everybody. You know what's still great about that? We still have, like, super low taxes. Yes, we do. Even even with all that, it's also still like, <laughs> eh, tax them 5% or something super low, something like that. Well, I'm sure there's, you know, and I know that uh, it's been publicized that there's uh, incentive taxes to, to lure them in, and that's been successful. But mm-hmm. also... You know, we always come back to the point that Alabama has the second lowest property taxes yeah. in the nation. So, mm-hmm. uh, which further aids in, in drawing investors in. But kind of wanted to give you the back history of uh, getting Mobile started because it was back with the tax incentives following Katrina that that drew a lot of West Coast money in. Yeah, and this is back in what year was this actually that we that would have been uh, two thousand five and six. Okay, and unfortunately seven and eight happened afterwards. Yeah, and I was a part um, of real estate back in those yeah, days. Yeah, so kind of slowed the momentum down, obviously. But uh, anyways, it uh, you know it was a good place for. 
for California investors or West West Coast investors to deploy their money. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, when you're buying houses for hundred ninety to two hundred ten thousand dollars compared to what California prices were even back then, it sure. was a substantial deal. And particularly when you could take that tax incentive and depreciate, and depreciate yeah, in year one. So <laughs> that was huge. But so one of the things that, that caught our attention was, you know, that expansion of the port. And I kind of wanted to do some research as to what that looked like. And the biggest thing was that we weren't aware of is all these cars are being manufactured all over the South, even in our own state, were being shipped out because we forgot about Hyundai and Montgomery. Yeah. You guys. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you covered that in detail. So all these cars being manufactured were shipped out by rail to a shipping facility. And and Mm -hmm. some of it was going to, if I'm not mistaken, it was going to Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. That was was the craziest thing. We were in the anchor meeting. They were talking about how for years we've been shipping them out of state. (laughs) So uh, let's build it's like everything we've got a, in Alabama. We've got a port. We've got a port. We were so. shipping some to we were shipping some to Savannah, and I want to say we were shipping some to somewhere. I think I guess New Orleans. They were shipping them in like these crate like so far. Yeah, so and wherever far. rail where rail can take it, so. which is a long way. Sure. It is. Hey guys, Brian and Jonathan here. Today we want to tell you about one of our preferred partners, Roofstock. So what if there was an investing platform that allowed you to collect passive income and generate average annualized returns of over 8% in markets across the U.S., not just the ones in your backyard? With Roofstock.com, you can buy, sell, and own investment properties the way the pros do it and start earning passive income right away. So don't wait. Reach out to them today and get started on Roofstock.com. So... Richard Shelby decided that... Which he's a senator. He's a senator. So. And, and, and he, he reallocated federal funding toward the port. And I think that's what we're trying to eventually get to. Yeah, that's that's kind of where we're going. And we'll go ahead and, we'll go ahead and dive into that. So, and, and basically, the engineering design mm-hmm. phase were uh, compiled to deepen and widen Alabama's uh, deep water seaport, so, which is in Mobile. And just kind of giving you a rundown on the, on the project itself. So... It's going to deepen the existing bar and the river channel bar by five feet each mm-hmm. to a project depth of 50 feet with additional depths for wave allowances, yeah. advanced maintenance, allowable over depth for, for dredging, total depths of 56, 54, uh, and 54 feet. Yeah. So the project also includes widening the bay channel by 100 feet uh, for three nautical miles to accommodate two-way vessel traffic. That's that's kind of the point, right? That's there. The and that's, that's the big one. Yeah. It's the two-way vessel traffic. And, I mean, I didn't know what that was. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I had no idea what that actually meant originally when I was hearing this. Because when we were in the Acre Conference, there, there's definitely people there that understand shipping, like port shipping, way better than I do. And so they started talking about this, the port being two-way. And I, I didn't really un- grasp what that actually Yeah, that's part of the bigger project. Yeah. And all the while, they've had a smaller project in, in relation. Because I think... Shelby's was uh, that was four hundred and seventy three million. Yeah, total, total yeah. combined everything. But I think the one that he just uh, was instrumental in getting passed was about two hundred seventy five million yeah. of that, uh, which is the the dredging and the widening. Yeah. Um, but the other piece that they already had in phase was uh, phase three container terminal expansion. Yeah. Early this year, delivering about twenty more acres of handling yard and extending the dock to allow simultaneous bursts. And which I didn't realize what this was, but the post Panamax size ships. So that's the part. Yeah, the big big ships. That's the, that's the big international shipping vessels. That's that's, that's the right. purpose of that. So that's that's the basically, and that was the sixty million dollar improvements that they were making was to the 
the shipping container portion. Right. right? Yeah. Right. Basically, when when we're listening to it at AcreCom, uh, just listening to it, I was like, okay, I'm trying to grasp what this is. And one of the guys there, I was like, okay, this sounds great. This sounds super good for Mobile in, in some capacity. Can, can you break that down for me a little bit? And he's like, yes, we are making Mobile an international shipping port. Yes. So all of those cars that, that we we're build, manufacturing, can that we we're already out. doing, <laughs> we're going to just rail them on down to Mobile and ship them out from there. Which, okay, great. If you're listening and you happen to be a logistics person, you're like, oh, that's super cool. If you if you build cars, hey, and you happen to be listening to our podcast, build them in Alabama. But like, if you're a, if you invest in single family homes, what does that mean for you? That means a ton. Like that's so many jobs. To it's not just Airbus building new planes. It's not just hey, we've got to make this port wider. Which by the way, that's going to be a ton of jobs to do. Digging out a port is is very labor intensive. So there were there were two points I wanted to make with uh, the rest of the basically the four hundred and fifty million dollar total project. Sure, they talked about so. So they also said that that would include two super post Panamax and two post Panamax ship to shore cranes. Okay, as part of that project. Yeah, and ultimately, at the end of the what they're projecting is the impact of one hundred and thirty four thousand six hundred jobs affiliated with the port. There's overall, my point, guys. <laughs> with twenty two point four billion in ec- economic impact to the state of Alabama. So, there is my point. That that is that is what we're trying to get to. Yeah, that's the that's the larger driver, and and some of that's already intact, but that's going to be an expansion, yeah. obviously, on well, that. Well, even the the parts that are intact, the people that are in, being employed by that, some of those people surely were there. They were they didn't have to transplant. They were already in place, and they just had to, you know, refocus their their employment. Certainly, but not all of it. Right. There's got there's there's got to be like a massive housing shortage in that area. Well, we know there is. Like, and we, we, haven't even gotten to the, is. we haven't even gotten to the extra. I mean, I've got 1,100 full-time jobs still sitting on the table that we're going to talk about that actually, because of the port, yeah. might even lead to expansion of these facilities. So, Oh, we, wait, wait, <laughs> not there yet. There's, I know we're not. Yeah, wait, wait. All right, so if we're just talking yeah. about the, the, yeah, the pump implant, the brakes just a little pump, pump the brakes kind of back to what we were talking about when I was talking about uh, the Airbus and the, the the new jobs coming in and the other people being able to make more money hey you have a nicer house hey now there's just more people down the housing shortage is real down there right now but right. there's not enough houses for everybody that wants to be down well, there quite especially honestly, for the, everybody that's coming yeah the housing the housing shortage actually started post Katrina because yeah. a lot of evacuees from from the New Orleans area actually came to Mobile sure. and settled there. But ultimately, I think that's all kind of washed out and evened out. So now we're at a, a, a kind of a typical situation. We talked about lower cost of living, the available, low entry point. It, it's really primed yeah. for somebody to come in and actually do some new construction and, and kind of create or, a new product line. And getting down there and doing some of these rehabs. Right. The, a lot of people, like I said, yes, there, there's a housing shortage. But there's also an a like an underhoused or uh, you know how people can be underemployed. It, yeah. It's similar in housing. Yeah, in they can that be underhoused. You, you, well. you, the, he, the, there's a lot of people down there that are currently underhoused. They have enough money that they could have. They could pay more in rent. They they could, but they don't really. Well, have there's a lot, a lot of options. people if there were options because we you know we've seen recent changes in our marketplace to where um, we've got some some ground up construction coming up for mm-hmm. rental brand new construction which is exciting filling a gap to where there's a product uh, kind of to your point where housing is being underserved yeah and in the case of mobile what's happening is anybody that's making a good income 
is living across the bay. They're yeah. doing a bay commute to get to the newer houses sure. that aren't in the Mobile area currently. Yeah. So they're, they're very limited. And so so right now, it's it's kind of the, the same thing with the revitalization in Birmingham, which we will talk about at the end of March, um, with with some of these areas that were underhoused or just had just lower-priced housing or mm-hmm. low-income housing. Mm-hmm. Th- th- there's a lot of that that area around the actual city center of Mobile. Right. And this is the time, and, and it's starting right now. It already has. The people are going in there. These are investors that are going in there and understanding that the housing is being underserved. You can go and take some of those houses for a much lower than the median price, right. buy in, and go ahead and understand, yeah, that this is going to be an area that we can make nicer. There are people that want to live there for sure. They just don't have the option to have something nice there right now. And if right. you can and create I- a nice place for them to live, they you have the market. To, to put a renter in place there. You do. There's plenty or of... flip it and sell it. Plenty of opportunity. There's plenty of land oh, yeah. uh, to be developed there. And there's plenty of old homes that can be rehabbed mm-hmm. and turned into a nice product, which I mentioned Midtown late, you yeah. know, early on. And that's an area that's really undergoing a lot of that. Um, it's, it's pretty exciting. That's similar to like the Norwood area of uh, Birmingham. Yeah. So, or or yeah. The, the area around the... Oh, we talked about it when we talked about Montgomery, the, the area around the uh, Civil Rights Museum. It's mm-hmm. very similar. It's mm-hmm. older, larger homes that, that are super old, but like, oh, they're just so, they're, they're Yeah, Mobile's, they're got a, Mobile's got a mix of that. And then they've got the small, you know, what I would consider shotgun style homes yeah, that are bungalows being. Bungalows. Yeah, or whatever bungalows. That's yeah. a great explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, being actually rehabbed and turned into something you might see here in our neighborhood. Yeah. Homewood. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, something along those lines. So, But just a great, great opportunity. And I, I think I stay pretty up to date with what's going on on the national picture in relation to rentals and areas that are on the investor's radar, so to speak, mm-hmm. as to where they might want to go and, and look for rehab opportunities. Up an there. Right. Well, in and honestly, it's Alabama obviously is getting a lot of attention. Sure. But for Huntsville, Birmingham, Montgomery, nobody's paying attention to Mobile. Yeah. And you know, as we're as we're mentioning, I think the opportunity is is right uh, for people to start looking at it. And sometimes it takes a couple of years for that national attention spotlight sure. to kind of shift. Well, because it's 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 similar to with the deals we have going right now with some of those larger clients. Yeah. Same thing. Anytime that it's a big grouping of people that shareholders in, in, in place and takes them a little bit. But if you happen to be a small investor, you can jump in there real quick yeah. and get to it. Take advantage of it. Take advantage so. of it before the big companies start coming down there and buying up a bunch of stuff. You can get down there now and get your onesie twosies, find, find your good deals down there, which we can help you find, but get down there and find the ones that are, it would be silly numbers anyplace else. So you're like, that, I don't even believe those kind of numbers in Birmingham or Huntsville or, yeah. or Montgomery. You get down the Mobile, you can get them now. And right this minute, you have people to put in them because of logistics. Brian, go. All right. Let's talk about so it. there's there's two more mentions we wanted to make <sighs> to you, and that was everybody loves Amazon. Amazon has a distribution center in Theodore, Alabama. I have an Amazon package waiting which for is in the metro right the metro area. So just a little uh, little bit of information on the Amazon distribution center. So it employs 360 full time employees, a thousand part time. Initial investment was thirty million dollars and three hundred sixty five. It's three hundred sixty two thousand square foot okay. facility. Excuse me on that. And then everybody loves Walmart. Yeah. Who doesn't go to Walmart? So there's a, a huge Walmart distribution center. Employs 750 full-time I was about to say, it's bigger employees. than employees. Yeah. 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 This particular distribution center is in Edmonton, Alabama. It's in the metro area as well. It actually resupplies 700 stores between Alabama, Mississippi, and surrounding area. Good gracious. Built in 2018. 
Let's see. It looks like 2.6 million square feet, uh, which is 60 acres. That's, That's how large bonkers. the site is. And uh, the initial investment for Walmart was $135 million. So, so, so that, okay, and that was built in 18. Yeah, right. Okay. 2018. So that's what we're talking about here. This this is the time, like this is the time that nobody, seemingly, nobody knows that this is where you need to be focusing some dollar bills right now. It's very it's very underserved from an investment standpoint, in my opinion. There's just not not a lot of investors that are being pitched Mobile. It, I, I don't think it's people getting pitched it and it not making sense because clearly we are seeing traffic down there. Yeah. And the ones that we talk to, what are, what are they saying? It's the same thing. Like, oh, we know what's coming. Yeah. We're okay. But we, we can hold on $100,000. We can hold for a year or two before those rents start really creeping up to something crazy. Right. You can hold. You get down there and you hold for five years. In five years, you can't. Nobody has a crystal ball. And, and I don't like to speculate, but I do like to look at trends. And I, I like to yeah. see what the past. Trends indicating there might be a, a potential for an opportunity there to Correct. make money. And, so. and, and and instead of just seeing something like the trends and ooh, I think this area is an up and coming area, which everybody in the office makes fun of me for. It's not just about it being an up and coming area because people want to trend there. They think it's hip. It's not about it being hip. It's this is an area that is up that is turning upwards, not just because it's becoming uh, fashionable. It's not about fashionability. It's about it's hands down about practicality. Yeah, like it is a. It is a necessity that people are going to have to be moved down there. It is a necessity that that housing market is going to grow and those housing prices are going to go up. Just from just plain logic, in my opinion, there, there's jobs. The jobs have to be filled. They have to have some place to live. It's not about, hey, it's fashionable. Mobile's a cool old yeah, town, well, it's, which it, it is. It is, but it's not atypical for there to be so many economic drivers in states of expansion yeah. and, and uh, deployment in one particular marketplace at one particular time. Yeah. So. Um, and it's kind of all happening like right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and this is that's why to me when when we first when we first really started focusing on Mobile as a really hot investment market was was when we started hearing about um, the port stuff and and really first was was Airbus for me was mm-hmm. was that first kind of like oh Airbus is doing something new down there well they think they are and then the, it was kind of like they got to the go ahead and it was kind of everything was yeah, happening. Well, if you at remember, once. there was a huge. Yeah. Back and forth between Boeing and Airbus yeah. in relation. Oh, yeah. It got, you know, it got put on hold for a couple of years. Well, it, yeah, so. and, and that was kind of the same thing with the port and the right. same thing with, honestly, the, the Walmart plant and the Amazon mm-hmm. plant. It, it all was kind of like in that, like, oh, we're thinking about doing it stage. And then like 2008, like Airbus was like, yeah, we're going ahead. We're doing it. And then Richard Shelby was like, hey, here's $275 million more dollars for the port. And the port was like, fine, here's $60 million for the, the the shipping containers. And then Amazon was like, hey, us too, Walmart. Oh, me too. Let's all play. And it's just become this crazy area where there's so much economically driving just workers right. and, and just money in that that area that I don't, they're I don't know what else there is to do with it other than buy it all. Get well, down there their, their economic development board property. does a good job of, of attracting businesses yeah. into their marketplace. And then keeping them there. Yeah. I mean, it's an old city with some old businesses, but mm-hmm. obviously the new businesses. And just like Austell. I mean, we yeah, mentioned Austell's been there 1999 for, yeah. was when they opened their initial facility. And then six years later, expanded exponentially. So, And that, that's what happened with Airbus. Airbus yeah. had been there for way longer yeah. than just last two years. Yeah. They've been there for a long time. And it was just like, no, this is just the place that we need to expand here. To me, that just makes it to where, I mean, if you take anything out of the, these March 
market madness episodes, it's look past what you think that you already know about a market. Look into something that maybe everyone in your investment group hasn't been talking about. Like maybe if you hear about some place that your friend that owns a hundred houses, like maybe if he's talking about a market, maybe if he's already bought a hundred houses in that market, maybe we want to try something new. Yeah, you may be too late for that market. You may be too late for so, that market that your friend has a hundred houses. You know, we all know it's the balance of being too early or too late. Yeah. And so you want to if you get an opportunity to be on time, that's and, that's the best opportunity. And Alabama, it seems like the entire state right now is on time, but but for the mobile investors out there or the people that it makes sense to get down there, uh, it it's you you have some something on your hand that there's no other you, no other analogy to put it better than you're just on a rocket ship to the moon. Yeah, and there's one of our which our I probably partners. should have saved that analogy for Huntsville. I'm sorry, <laughs> Huntsville folks. That's you're going to hear me say it. Literally, again, the exact same way we talk about hunting. That's a good. Week. Another indicator for me, one of our partners, uh, Roofstock, we talked about quite a bit. Sure. Uh, if you've noticed some of the activity, there's been an increase in activity in the mobile marketplace over yes. the last couple of months. And it's because these early investors yeah, early investors get creating that's right. key properties. That's right. Which, now that's something that I don't know if we've, we may have touched a little bit on buying turnkey properties, but, but creating a turnkey property, mm-hmm. um, this was probably the time to do that in mobile. Yeah, I would totally agree. And we have some assets on the ground. It's kind of exciting to, to see where those property values may may go in the near future. Yeah. And uh, just looking forward to, to watching that marketplace grow. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. But uh, I, I, do you have any other thoughts on you know, the other I, that? I really I know don't. these I, are shorter episodes, but that's kind of how these are designed. Right. We're not talking about great, giant concepts. We're talking about very specific markets and why you should be in them. Right. And we just want to, you know, we just want to kind of, Throw some opportunity options out there for you. Um, you know, obviously, obviously, always encourage everybody to do your uh, due diligence. Mm-hmm. And happy to share what we have. But again, if it's not getting national attention, some people aren't paying attention. Yeah, exactly. And I do think that Mobile is going to be receiving some national attention over the next few years. So mm-hmm. I think once everything kind of settles down, especially in the Huntsville marketplace, yeah, Birmingham is going to be in the spotlight. Next year, we'll talk yes, about that later with the oh, world man. games coming. So, oh, I can't wait. we've got two weeks before that one comes out. I know. Y'all just hold on to your seats. <laughs> so, lots of good things happening. Eventually, we're going to get out to Oklahoma. Or your earbuds. I don't know why I said seats. Hold on to your earbuds and your steering wheel or whatever you're listening to. So, I think we'll get out to Oklahoma. We'll talk about obviously Oklahoma City as well as uh, I'd like to talk about Tulsa too, do a little research while we we're can. maybe do a joint episode on those two marketplaces there. Yeah. You know, they're not that far apart. That'll pro- and that'll probably similar metro be sizes. after we talk about all the, the markets in, in Birmingham right. or right. in Alabama. We'll probably get to Oklahoma a little bit later because that's is there a different focus that I want to take take that one. Yep. And, and I'd like to spend a little bit more time there to, to focus on some of the things. But but yeah, I'd be really interested in doing doing. And those are those are two well. other metros that are in the national spotlight on the yeah. SFR circuit as oh, far as uh, single family investing. So, but anyways, we really I, I know I've enjoyed it. Oh, absolutely, me so too. It's nice, uh, refreshing to come back. Yes, it is. I'm glad to have you back. Thank you. You, you. I know you've been back here all day, but it seems like you've only been back for an hour. That's because my door's been closed on conference calls. And I have been <laughs> swamped all day as well, but. Uh, do you want to give a shout out to our mobile teams? If anybody wants to directly contact some of the team down there, of course, you can always contact us um, at podcast at ahiproperties.com. Yeah. You, can, you can reach out to me or Brian through that email and we can direct direct you to that team. And, you know, we can really help you with some of that investor focus. But if you have properties down there already and you're like, you're right, 
hey, I need you guys to manage them because I'm buying a whole bunch of them and I need somebody to, to manage yeah, these. Yeah, so probably, I'd probably direct you to uh, Philip Moore, and that's uh, going to be P Moore, M O O R E. At ahiproperties.com. Again, that's Philip Moore. Well, um, I can't wait for Philip to get all yes. these emails and be like, where do these come from? I know Philip's been with podcast. us for a, a long time. He actually uh, worked for us on the corporate housing side of our business and then converted to properties, yeah. which is a rarity in our uh, in our company because then then you fully understand both sides of our business. So, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, one of the Remind things- Remind me to call him after this episode. Yes. Yeah, like, hey, hey, by the ready. way, be ready. Be ready. <laughs> But then the other opportunity that might come up, and we haven't really touched upon this with any detail, which I know there'll be an episode coming up at some point in the future, but we'll talk about the potential for Airbnb room. We have um, a whole episode that we're planning on that one. I know right? that. I know. I said it was coming okay. out in the future. So, but that- Gill strap if you're listening. <laughs> By the way, you're on that one, buddy. Um, but from a you know from an investment standpoint, that's some of the stuff that's really gaining some momentum in our industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's traditional rental versus Airbnb, uh, particularly in areas that uh, metropolitan areas have not put any type of restrictions in place for. Yeah, so. and, and I think really the, the the big weight, you know, scale weighting each other is stability versus profit. Right. One is that like Airbnb. Yeah, higher is, risk, higher profit. It's higher risk for sure, but, um, it, but it is crazy high profits. That's right. The other is much more stable. I mean, you know what you're getting every single month and it, it's it's a much safer investment. And you can find high profit investments in the traditional leasing version, but man, those short-term rental numbers will yeah, blow and, your and, mind when you look at it. And I'm going to throw this tidbit out there because if it's, you know, if you're on the other end listening, you're thinking, well, I don't want to really furnish a house, all that. There is a model out there that, uh, that lends itself to master leasing with your yeah. property manager, which we, you know, that's the model we're going to look at where we're master right. leasing properties, doing rent guarantee for the owners, and then we're taking care of the leasing, the furnishing, the linens, all that stuff. But we're doing that through our corporate housing company. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it'll uh, it'll present itself. We'll present an episode to you in the future, talk more about that in, in greater detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's an opportunity that you could have there as well because I you agree. are you are close enough. And, and whether you're and like I said, it's not working a beach town, or, but it is a. Yeah. It's close. It's coastal. It's yeah. coastal for yeah. sure. Yeah. And fishing. That's the thing that I find really interesting. My brother and I do a lot of fishing and we travel to fish sometimes. Mm-hmm. We're in Birmingham and that's a great fishing city. But hey, we go to Atlanta to go fly fishing. We're, we're not going to find a hotel. We decide on a weekend. Hey, tomorrow, do you want to run up here and go fly fishing? It's the same thing we do when we go to Mobile. Hey, do you want to run down to Mobile and go deep yeah, sea Yeah, we didn't even mention the greatest asset that Mobile has is, is Gulf Seafood. Oh, oh my gosh. The food want, down there is just Brian, spectacular. We're, we're at 40 some odd minutes. Do you want to talk for an hour about no, Gulf I Shrimp? I don't, but I do, I, want will. To, I do want to talk about, no, I don't want to really talk about it, but I do I want to talk mention about different kinds of shrimp and I will turn into Bubba seafood. from there, there's shrimp gumbo, there's shrimp uh, po' boys, there's grilled uh, shrimp. Gosh, there's so many good ones. What if I just did that the entire episode? I just start naming all kinds of shrimp. Brushing. Uh, see, see, now you're making me hungry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, you just got back from Vegas. You should be stuck. I know. Should be. Yeah. Come back next week. Uh, learn, so, learn more with us. Yeah. So next week, we're going to talk about uh, what's March next? Huntsville. That's Huntsville. Right. Huntsville. That's a I've hot, already that's used. A I've one. already wasted my rocket ship pun. That's I'm going to do it again, everyone. If you think I'm not going to say there's a Huntsville's rocket ship to the moon, you've lost your mind. I'm going to say it again. It's just going to happen because they actually they have actual rockets there. So, they build them. They shoot them. They do. It's crazy. But what I would say for now is uh, keep looking for properties and start buying. Absolutely. That's a good tagline. There you go. Keep looking for properties and start buying. buying. Hey, thank you. We have been been profitable powerhouse properties. 
Yes, great tagline, Brian. That's it, save it, print it, we're done. Today we are busier than ever and struggling to do more while adding value. Global Strategic understands the value of your time. By leveraging custom business process solutions, you can focus on your core competency and save time and money. If you've been dealing with a lost productivity due to sudden staff departure, high rates of turnover, or staff that don't share your vision, they can help. With offices in the U.S. and the Philippines, they provide dual shore 24-7 coverage for their valued partners. If you need to save time and money, but you're not sure how, just give them a call at 855-731-4966 or visit globalstrategic.com for more information. The songs Lobby Time, Retro Future Clean, and Rocket Power were created by Kevin McLeod of Incomputech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Visit creativecommons.org licenses by 3.0 on the web.